It's another edition of Making Money, the show where we try to pass along a little financial literature, a little financial understanding to those that maybe are seeking some help. Ron Hebert is a retired portfolio manager. We call him the financial coach. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron and I, we've both owned homes. We both know what mortgages are. We've both been down that road. Ron, right now, in the climate we're in with the markets kind of in turmoil, inflation rising, rates going up, mortgages are a real concern for many, many people right now. Yeah, and there's 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 a lot of people, frankly, that have not taken the time to really figure out a strategy. You know, you have a strategy when you buy a house. You know, you want to live in a certain area next to certain schools. You know, you calculate your commuting distance to work. Um, you know, how close are you to shopping? Um, how close are you to major, major thoroughfares for public transit? All these things, you sort of have a checklist. But when people rush in and buy a house, often they, they uh, at the last minute, they're running around because they got to close on this thing. And they don't really spend the time they need to learn about the options in the mortgage market. And there's lots of options that, A, will protect you if rates go up, and, B, will allow you to pay off that financial obligation much, much faster. So we're going to talk about some of those things today. So if... Uh, you know, if you've rushed into a mortgage and it's uh, it's a variable rate, and we're going to talk about that in a second, and rates have gone up and you're wondering what to do because you're worried you might lose your home, or, or frankly, what do you do when rates go up? What do you do when rates go down? How do you pay off your house faster? Uh, what kind of mortgages are the best for you if you decide you're going to move fairly often and uh, or you can't stay in one place and maybe you have to move? So there's a lot of optionality in the mortgage market. You need to understand it. What we're going to try and do today is just go through and we're going to ask and answer various questions on the market. You might want to write some of these down. So next time you're in an office talking to a financial person about mortgages because you're going to have to take one, you can have an intelligent conversation because you know the questions to ask. You know, I'm, I'm old enough, Ron, that there wasn't such a thing as a variable mortgage when I was taking out mortgages years ago. All you had were fixed-rate mortgages back then. So let's start there. Fixed-rate mortgage means if, if they say, okay, your mortgage is 5%, that's what your fixed rate is for a, a particular term, correct? That is exactly what a fixed-rate mortgage is. And a, and a fixed-rate mortgage is a good mortgage to have when rates are low because it gives you a chance to lock in and a lot of people they'll go with a variable rate mortgage and that's the um, that's a mortgage where rates are floating so if rates go up generally the rate on your mortgage will rise as well if rates fall rates will um, on the mortgage will be readjusted and some of them readjust quarterly some of them readjust monthly you know so and the variable are best if rates are flat or if they're falling. You know, if you if you buy a house and you think rates are going to go from, mortgage rates are going to go from 5 back to 2%, well, take the variable rates. And variable have the advantage as well that they they are usually have lower interest costs uh, because it's less risk to the financial institution that's, uh, uh, that's issuing them. So, you know, you can protect yourself if rates are rising or and you've got a great rate and you're more than comfortable with it. I know when, when I had the last property I had, uh, that's just when variables were getting started, Gord. But rates had fallen a lot, 
and I calculated that if I took the five-year term, I would have finished, I'd finish paying off my house. So I ended up taking a fixed rate because I knew what my costs were and I knew each month how much I'd be able to put extra on the mortgage. So, you know, if, if you want security, the fixed rate is a better option for you. If you want to gamble on rates, well, a variable certainly is an option you can play if you think they're going down. Okay, now this one's a new one to me as well, and, and I'm not in the market for a mortgage, so I have not looked into this. What's a convertible mortgage? A convertible mortgage is a type of short-term mortgage that can be exchanged for a longer-term mortgage without paying a prepayment charge. So if you have a convertible mortgage, you might choose to convert it to a long-term mortgage. Uh, you know, if you think, of, for example, that rates are going to go up, you know, you can convert it into a long-term fixed mortgage because then you lock in that lower rate. Okay, uh, an open mortgage. I, I know what that is. That's where you can plow money down onto it whenever you feel you have the opportunity to do so, correct? Yeah, and that gives you a lot more opportunity uh, to pay your mortgage down than a, than a closed mortgage would because you can pay it off any basically any time without any penalties. The thing, though, that we have to remember is that if you're looking at an open versus a closed mortgage is that the open mortgage is going to have interest rates they're going to charge you that are higher. And so when you're asking what is a closed mortgage, well, closed mortgage is a mortgage that you have options to pay it off, but those options aren't as, you can't do it anytime you like. There's certain windows where you can take advantage of things. So, you know, uh, for example, on a uh, closed mortgage, usually they give you the opportunity yearly to pay down up to 15% of your principal. Now, if you're able to do that, you can pay off your home in six years just by paying literally 15% off the principal every year. And usually you can opt for uh, making higher uh, mortgage payments. And uh, for example, if you had an $830 mortgage and you had the option to increase your payments to $1,000, you know, over a 25-year amortization, you're going to save $48,000 and it'll allow you to pay off your home eight years sooner. So, you know, there can be some significant uh, opportunities. Also, usually with a closed mortgage, uh, they'll allow you to increase your payments. So instead of making a monthly payment, if you do it weekly or biweekly, um, you're going to pay it down much faster. You know, you can lower your amortization on your mortgage by, you know, like 10% by just going to weekly or bi-weekly payments. So there's there's a pl quite a bit of flexibility. And also, you can pay, if you take a two-year closed mortgage, for example, at the end of the two years, when you roll that mortgage over into a new one, well, you can put a lump sum down when you renew the mortgage. So there's lots of, there's there's enough flexibility there for most people. But what I would suggest that you do is that Go to the bank's website or the financial institution, wherever you're getting your mortgage from. They will have a prepayment -calcu pre calculator there or, and an amortization calculator. So you can sit down and say, well, look, if I increase my mortgage payments by $100 by a month, let's $100 a month, a great example, you know, what is it going to do to my term? And that is the best, frankly, education you can give yourself. Go on one of these sites. I well, Before I got my first mortgage, I had a, a, a hand calculator that I used. It's Hewlett-Packard. 
And I just sat there for about an hour one night calculating all these various scenarios. And it shocked me how, you know, $100 extra a month, how it can knock four or five years off your payments. So, you know, you play with these things and you'll, it, it's amazing the education you get. I, I, I just hearken back to when I had the mortgage, Ron, and I, uh, I remember going to see my bank manager, who I had a great relationship with, she's a terrific lady, and, and she was the one that suggested to me, look, make biweekly payments instead of going monthly, right? So I did that, and then I went to her a couple of years later and said, what if I started paying every week? And she said, that's an even better idea. And, and it, it sped up the process so dramatically. It really was shocking to me. You know, and, and so... You know, when you can cut, you know, like we, the example we gave where you save $48,000 to cut your amortization period uh, and, and pay by the thing years. off by eight years. I mean, those are substantial improvements to your financial well-being that are just literally you're fine-tuning a little bit. And if you can take maybe some of the wage increases that you get, you know, especially if we move into inflationary times, Often wages go up, but the, what you paid for the mortgage, that stays the same. So your debt does not inflate. Your debt stays the same and goes down because you've got to pay it off. But if your wages go up, well, take some of those pay increases and, and raise your mortgage payments. Uh, a little bit can go a long way. Okay, well, that's, what about an assumable mortgage? I think I know what that is. If you're buying a house and somebody, the, the, per, the, the person who's selling already has a mortgage in place, correct? You can assume that mortgage? Yeah, now generally buyers still have to be approved by the mortgage provider, but in in cases where, you know, if you try to sell a house and you have a mortgage that has a, a attractive interest rate in term and, you know, if if the bank has let you um, take this on and you can't go to a bank after you've been paying for two years on a five-year term and say, I want this to be assumable now. This is something that you can negotiate with some lenders before you take out the mortgage. And if you have to sell it ahead of time, an assumable mortgage, uh, where they can take over the term and the payments, that that is very attractive and it can help you sell your house. What about a portable mortgage? Not something you carry around in a briefcase or an attaché case. What is a portable mortgage? Well, portable mortgage is a mortgage that really it permits you to transfer the mortgage from one home to another. So. Uh, you know, we had a portable mortgage when, when my kids were um, young. We, uh, my wife got pregnant, we had one, and then we went to Romania and adopted two more. So within nine months, we had three, and then she, we came back and she was pregnant again. And so within a year and a half, we had four kids. And all of a sudden, our little house didn't work anymore, but we had a great a mortgage with a great uh, rate and so we needed a house with a few more bedrooms so we moved into a new house and I didn't have to take and, and negotiate for a new mortgage I was able to take the mortgage off the old house and and put it on the new property and it may work very easy so a portable mortgage is is great because you can move to a new property and you don't have to pay the, the lender uh, the penalties of, of closing the mortgage out and then taking another one on. So portable mortgages are, are especially if you find you're going to have to move or, you know, you get a job in another city and you've got to sell, portable mortgage can be just an excellent tool for you. 
Okay, we've used a couple of terms here, and term is one of them. <laughs> term and amortization. I think a lot of people are a little bit confused. Term is the fixed period over which you have to make payments. The amortization is the life of the mortgage, is it not? Yeah. Like, for example, if you have a 25-year term or a 25-year amortization, that's the period of time that uh, the extended period of time it's going to take you to pay off the house at the rate that you're making payments. Your term is the contract that you sign with a financial institution for a limited period of time. So usually you're going to roll over your term, even if you took five-year um, ex extended uh, mortgage payment uh, contracts, you'd end up rolling it over five times before you get your 25 years in, or and some amortizations are maybe 30 or 35 years. So, you know, the term is just the, the term of the current mortgage contract that you've signed. Amortization is so you got the whole thing paid off. Okay, payment pause. Uh, a lot of mortgages have that clause built into them, or it can be yeah. built in. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's a nice thing to have because we all have periods of time. You know, if you fall down and break your arm and you can't work for six or eight weeks and, and uh, you've, you've got benefits, but maybe the insurance company those benefits don't kick in for five or six weeks, well, you're left. And if you don't have a lot of money in the bank, well, what do you do? Well, it allows you to take an emergency break from your payments and you can request to skip the equivalent of one monthly payment partially or in full. And usually institutions will allow you to do this once every calendar year or up to four times over the length of, of uh, your, your amortization period. So they don't allow it all the time. But it's a nice thing to have because, you know, um, emergencies and accidents can happen to anybody. And, and having a back door that will protect you a little bit if, uh, if you can't make a payment rather than, than start having to negotiate with your banker on these things is just a worthwhile option to have in a contract. A prepayment penalty. That's one the banks don't like. <laughs> they, well, they like the penalty, but they don't like when you come in with a prepayment, right? No, in the pre prepayment penalty, this is this is where a lot of people find themselves right now, Gord, is they've rushed out, and of course the cheapest payment they could have um, gotten, or, or type of mortgage they could have gotten, was a variable rate mortgage, and you know rates really started going up here uh, in 2022 in February actually, and before that, you know the cheapest way, well let's just get the cheapest one we can and we can we'll work out the difference later. Well, all of a sudden, you know, they're talking rates going up anywhere between two and four percent over the next you know, rates have already gone up, but they could go another percent and a half higher, two percent higher maybe. And of course a lot of people when they got their home, they were just at the line. They were just barely able to squeak in and make the payments that they're able to make. And now all of a sudden, they're looking at rates going up, and they're terrified. They're thinking, well, what happens if rates go up another point or another two points? I am not going to uh, be able to make my payments. Well, why don't I just switch into, uh, you know, the immediate reaction is, why don't I just switch into uh, a fixed-term mortgage right now and uh, that will protect me? Well, when you go in and talk to the banker, the banker's going to go, oh, not so fast. There's going to be a penalty to do that. And when rates are rising steeply, that penalty is a lot higher than if it doesn't look like rates are going to move at all. So 
what you want to do is you want to sit down with your, your banker and, and really to find out what the prepayment penalty is if you're going to close out your mortgage for one type and move to another, um, what that cost is going to be because often that cost can be substantial. And I seem to recall, Ron, and, I, and it's vague because it's been a while, but I, I had a, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or two years left on the mortgage, and I came into a little bit of cash, and I thought, I'm going to go in and dump it down pay this thing off. There was a penalty attached to that, too, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's why you want to have some of these, these, even if you have a closed mortgage, you want to make sure you have built into it where, you know, in many closed mortgages, you can get the option we're paying out 15% of your principal every year. So you want to build into your mortgage as much flexibility as you can and get the lowest rate you can. So, you know, there's uh, there, there's a real art to this stuff, but you've got to know what questions to ask before you, you go in and start doing the negotiation. And that's why it's really important to read the contract, ask the questions before you put your your ink on the signature, because once you're in, if you want to change, it can get costly. Okay, final note here. So, and again, this is to people who are in variable rate mortgages right now. Rates are rising, and they're rising quickly. Uh, people are going to get caught. You know, I, I've seen stories, I think we referenced it, that, you know, 40 to 45% of people could really get caught here. So what, what's your advice? If you're in a variable rate mortgage, what do you do right now? Well, first thing is make an appointment to see your banker and uh, see what it would cost to get out of the um, the mortgage you're in. Now, if if your your banker's sort of intractable, well, there's and they the costs are high. Well, there isn't a whole lot you can do. But if you if you if you tell them before you start the negotiation, look. I'm not, well, I don't want to close out my mortgage with you and move to somebody else because then they're not going to be very flexible at all. You want to tell them, look, if you give me this, I'll transfer to another type of mortgage with your institution. So the mortgage isn't leaving the company. The mortgage is going to stay there. And often they'll be a little bit more flexible on what those penalties are going to be. So that's where you want to start. Sit down and have an honest conversation with the vendor of the mortgage in the first place. And secondly, Figure out how much rates have to go up before you lose your margin of safety and it can't afford the payments. So, you know, it's just a matter of sitting down and say, well, can I afford if rates go up another percent? Can I afford it if they go up 2%? And if you find that all of a sudden you're underwater, well, a lot of other people are going to be underwater if they get that kind of increase as well. And so maybe you have to start looking at other options, uh, like getting a, a renter to live in your basement. That's what we did when raised rates went up because we owned a house during the good old days when rates went to 20%. We had two renters that moved down our basement and they covered the, the rate increases for us. Or you might have to look at other options like maybe selling your house or you never know. The bank of mom and dad could come in handy and maybe you could get a loan from them uh, with interest and you slowly pay it back. Or if you're really lucky, maybe they'll even give you a gift to to bring down maybe part of the principal um, so that you can you can afford the increase in payments. The good old bank of mom and dad. Yeah. Nothing like it. <laughs> I know what it's like being a teller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back again next week with another edition of Making Money. And in these times, Ron, with rising rates and talk of recession, the markets have 
taken a couple of pretty good blows on the chin. And there's an interesting cycle we want to talk about there, correct? Yeah, it's called the November-April stock cycle, and it happens just about every year. Part of the year where markets do really well, part of the year where they don't do so well. And uh, it's a strategy that you can use as a long-term investor. There's just some caveats that you have to know before you get into this. And so we're going to be talking about the November to April stock cycle uh, next week. All right. Well, enjoy the summer. We don't want to rush November back too quickly. But we're back next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.